I wanted to just present this today where uh, our members, we're, what we're doing is we have our legacy offering. Uh, we didn't have it at the 50th, but we wanted to present it at each location. Um, and this is just a pledge uh, that just you're, you're going to uh, uh, pledge to Church on the North Coast. And if you want, please hold your hand up and they'll bring one to you. We don't have a lot of these. But what we're doing is we're, we want to sow into the, um, the next 50 years. You know, we've been here for 50 years sharing the gospel. And right now we want to look at what we're going to do in the next 50 years. And Pastor Troy is a visionary, you know. Like, I mean, he speaks it and he doesn't care who thinks what. He's going to speak it into the air. And I've witnessed so many things come to pass that he and Pastor Rebecca have put out there. And so for the next 50 years, I just want to share with you some things that are uh, on, uh, on the horizon here. Um, first, uh, they want to look at, we want to look at new locations, new locations for Church on the North Coast. We want to keep establishing new locations uh, here uh, in this region um, and, and just keep empowering people. Amen? And as long, as long as the Lord continues to send people to Church on the North Coast, they will continue. I'm telling you, this ministry will continue to empower people. And so we already have a guy who's got his eye on Medina. And um, we're, we're just praying uh, that, that the Lord is going to do what he does and, and set up shop right there in Medina. Uh, the next thing that we have is we want to improve all of our facilities. Improve all of our facilities. Um, and that's just upgrading things. I mean, our, for us right now, what I really want to focus on is our children's ministry downstairs. I'm not sure if anybody's been down there up here, but um, there's, there's a lot of work to do down there, and we are multiplying by, I mean, each week we just see numbers coming. And so we want to upgrade our children's ministry because how many do you know that that's what it's about is that generation right there? That's what we're, here, that's what we're doing. Okay, that's what we're doing. Um, and so we want to upgrade that. We got to paint down there. We want to put some carpet down there. We want some, some new games. You know, as far as the ministry goes, it's there. Pastor Tricia is amazing with the curriculum that she brings to each campus. And so, I, you know, we ha already have volunteers. Thank you guys so much, whoever has volunteered to go downstairs. Uh, I'm missing my better half right now because she's actually downstairs training some of our new volunteers. And so we want to upgrade there. We want some upgrades up here. Um, you know, it's all about the presence of the Lord. You can be in a cardboard box and he'll be there. But, you know, we want to make sure that we get a, a new camera and things like that. Um, third and most importantly, uh, like I said, the, the, the generations under us, that's uh, what our focus is. And uh, Pastor Jeremiah, well, we call him El Elder Jeremiah Burris, um, is heading up what's called Adonai Tour University, okay? Adonai Tour University. And they're looking to create a pipeline from like fifth to sixth grade all the way through CNC to, to DSM and to our young adult ministry, which is Adonai Tour. Um, the goal for Adonai University is to activate young adults who are post-grads in their faith and give them ministry opportunities, the opportunity to be trained as well as entrepreneurial focus. Um, creating businesses in the region, empowering them to be business owners so that they can grow the economy of heaven um, and to make an impact in the world, continuing a tradition of excellence right here uh, at Church on the North Coast for Jesus. Amen. And Pastor Troy has this amazing vision. You know, he, like I said, he's a dreamer. And what he wants to do with Adonai uh, Tour University is purchase a dorm, actually purchase a house where we're housing up to eight kids and, and, and bringing them in uh, so they can, so that we not, we're not sending them off to the universities to be indoctrinated by this world, right? But they're being indoctrinated by the Word of God, all right? We still want them to go to school. We're not saying don't go to college, but go to college online. Go to a, a, a community college, and we want them... We want to bring them right back into the house of faith, all right, where we can speak prophetic words over them, and they can be uh, uh, interns for the church, all right, and raise them in a healthy ecosystem that grows them and grows their faith. Amen? 
And so that is the, uh, and we have a couple, I mean, there's a couple young adults right up here. You saw Precious up here singing, and, and Joe's right over there. And CJ, when he comes, he's over here playing the drums. That's what we want to sow into, is that generation right there. And so we're asking you to partner with us um, with uh, uh, our vision of legacy for the next 50 years at Church on the North Coast. Um, your tithe is already there. This would be on top of that. So if that's what you want to do, raise your hand, and we have, and we have a couple people who would like to uh, put this in your hand. We'll be doing this for the next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, let's just uh, hold your tithe up right now and bless that. Father God, we just thank you uh, for your opportunity right now to give God everything that we have, Lord, comes from you, Jesus. It comes from you. And so I pray, Father, that these seeds will go into the earth uh, monetarily but come out looking like heaven, God. I pray, Father, that this, this generation, this next generation, would be a generation that's found on their knees worshiping and praising you, Lord. All that we do is for you, Jesus. And so right now, we just thank you for this opportunity, God, to partner with you in heaven, Father, that we would see a heaven come to earth, God, that we would see it right here in our days, God. We want you to use us for your good, Father. Use us to build your kingdom up, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus mighty name amen amen amen, amen. all right everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving yeah. yeah man I ate way 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 too much <laughs> we had like 22 people in our house and um, you know I don't operate well in those situations so I try to find my little corner to get in but um we had 22 people there and you know, I don't know how many kids there were, probably 15 or so were kids, but they were actually outside playing basketball all day and running around playing football. It was a beautiful weekend, right? And um, it was just awesome to see uh, kids being kids again. You know, none of them had their phones in their hands, and they were just out playing. And uh, so it was just a beautiful uh, Thanksgiving. I hope that all of you guys enjoyed yours. Um, this morning was, it was a funny morning, and I'm just, right now, I'm just talking. So, <laughs> it was a funny morning. My son, Braxton, I went to go wake him up this morning, and he reminded me of myself, because I told him, went in there, I woke him up, and I said, you know, hey, man, we got to get up, we got to go, all right? And he's like, all right, all right, cool. And I went and shut the door, and I came back, like, maybe five minutes later, you know, and I opened up the door, and he was like, And I was like, you are dumb, man. <laughs> it reminded me of me when my mom used to walk in. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't up, you know. I hear your footsteps coming, man, and I try, to, I try to wake up, you know. So it was just funny. But, you know, the devil was trying me this morning, trying me. I actually got in the car to leave. And we left. First of all, it's, I'm, I, I'm putting my clothes on, and I'm like, I was like, Braxton, man, do these shoes go with this? You know, <laughs> so I'm going through that whole thing. And then I get in the car. We take off driving. We got like, I don't know, I was close to 480, so it was a couple miles away from the house. And I looked over at my son, and I was like, I don't have my shirt. I don't have a shirt. All I had was my undershirt. <laughs> so <laughs> we had to turn around. I had to turn all the way around, go back to the house so I could actually get a shirt. <laughs> I still don't know right now where my phone is, Pastor. I have no idea. Ended up grabbing other shoes, threw them in the car. We got halfway down 90, and I'm trying to worship, and the devil is just talking and talking. And I'm telling you, what did I tell him? Huh? Shut up, devil! You got to speak that stuff, y'all. You got to talk to him out loud. You got to talk to him out loud. I scared the mess out of him. I had my earpiece on. I was like, shut up, devil. He was like, huh? <laughs> you got to talk to him out loud, man. <laughs> well, we love to start all of our services off by telling you that joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen? My wife and I love to count our blessings and... Um, I'm just blessed this, uh, this weekend that our daughters, my daughter uh, Trisha, uh, Pastor Trisha, took 
our youngest daughter, Marley, to New York for her birthday. Her birthday. Uh, she has her sweet 16, and um, she bought her tickets to a Broadway play. And so they actually, on Thanksgiving around 5 o'clock, they, they, they packed up and they hit the road and they went to New York City. And she just had a blast. And, um, you know, they got back safely. And so thank you, Pastor Tricia. If you're listening or if you're watching, you are an amazing big sister. And so that is my blessing for this weekend. Um, let's, uh, let's read our declaration together. The Lord is a firewall around this house, and his glory shall be in our midst. One day we're going to fix that D. We're going to do, do it one day. We're going to do it one day, Pastor. <laughs> we up in here sounding like buckwheat. <laughs> and here the glory will be in our midst. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, I surrender this time to you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would open up our ears, Father, to hear your word, to hear the sound of your voice, God. Open up our spirits to receive it and to digest it, Lord. We love you and we bless you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Alexander the Great was one of the greatest military generals who ever lived. One night he couldn't sleep, and so he woke up and he was wandering around the encampment, just looking for something to do. And he stumbled upon one of the soldiers who was supposed to be on guard, but had fallen asleep. And so Alexander the Great shook him and woke him up. And immediately the guard looked at him and knew exactly who he was and he began to tremble because he knew that falling asleep on guard like that could cause death. It could be death. It could... So Alexander asked the young kid, he said, what is your name? And the kid said, Alexander. And he said, I'm going to ask you again, what is your name? He said, Alexander, sir. He asked him one more time, and he got the same response. Alexander the Great then leaned in, looked the kid in his eyes, and said, Soldier, you either change your name or you change your conduct. And so the title of my message today is walk worthy. Walk worthy. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. The book of Ephesians is broken up into two sections. The first three chapters, then, is Paul who's writing to the church of Ephesus. And the first three chapters, um, he is telling us how God sees you, how he sees us and what he's done for all of us in Jesus. That's your first three chapters. How we were once dead in trespasses and sins, but by his spirit, we were made alive. It's like we were all in a dark room, and suddenly somebody opened up the blinds, and all the light came rushing in. So what was once dark and dim in our lives suddenly became enlightened. We used to be over, over there. But, but now we over here. 
We used to look like that. But now we look like this. So we can be confident in that transition. We can be confident that God chose us. That he chose us. We didn't choose him. Don't get that mixed up. We didn't choose him. He chose us. He has exclusive copyrights on each one of us. There is no, nor will there ever be, another D. There will never, ever be another Marlon. He chose you. So we're chosen. We're selected. Then we were redeemed by the Son. He came down, wrapped himself in flesh that he found in the wardrobe of Mary's womb, dwelt among us, loved us, died for us, rose from the dead, and now he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for each one of us. He's praying for you when you ain't even praying for you. When you hit snooze this morning, he asked the Father, have mercy. Have mercy on him. So we were redeemed by the Son. And then Holy Spirit seals us. He seals us. He keeps us. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, if you are saved, he keeps you. He seals you. Right? If you are saved, listen, I don't always think saved. I don't always feel saved. I don't always look saved half of the time when you see me out in public. I looked at Pastor Michelle the other day. I can't remember what, we, what store we were at, but we had hats down low, you know what I mean? We had on big coats, and I was like, <laughs> we pastors. <laughs> we look thugged out. I don't always look saved, y'all. But he still keeps us and guarantees what Jesus has done in us, he'll complete it. Holy Spirit. So these three chapters provide us the inheritance of being a son and daughter of the king. So in light of this, chapter 4 has to do with our response. And so Paul says, walk worthy. Walk worthy. Walk worthy for what he's done for you. Walk worthy because of all the sales that he could have chosen, he chose you. We got to walk worthy. We got to walk worthy because of the sacrifice that was made for our salvation. We need to walk worthy because he keeps us and he seals us. We got to walk worthy. Our walk determines our character. Our walk determines our character, determines our morals, our ethical qualities, our traits, honesty, loyalty, generosity. Our walk expresses our gratitude to him. How you walk expresses how grateful you are to your king. 
There's a high price that was paid. A high price that was paid for you to be sitting in the pews, a high price for me to be paid, that I was paid to be sitting here, standing here, in this pulpit today on November 27th. A high price that was paid. We need to walk worthy. The word walk in the text just means our daily lives. Just means your daily life. Because of all that he's done for us, all that he's given us, how he's chosen us and saved us, Paul is just saying, just live a good life and represent him well. Walk worthy. The word worthy in the text means equal, equal weight or heavy. Like we should be heavy Christians. You understand what I'm saying? We should be heavy. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be tossed to and fro, right? We should be heavy Christians. We shouldn't be easily moved by our situations and our circumstances. You need to be heavy, worthy, equal weight. Just means that our conduct and our calling should be balanced out. There should be balance in it. We got too many Christians that are spitting scripture, but your life is looking tacky. It needs to be balanced out. Be worthy. When we walk in the room, we should look and sound like remnants of heaven. Amen. For us, this just means that our words, our actions, our work, our ethic, our work ethic, our character, our relationships, our lives should reflect the glory of Jesus. Our whole outlook on life should be drastically different from everybody around us uh, who hasn't experienced the freedom found in, in the gospel. And this is what, I'll explain that. When I was in my 20s, I used to run a, uh, a bar downtown, Lorraine. I'd be letting y'all in my life way too much. <laughs> I used to run a bar downtown Lorraine. And um, every Sunday night, this guy Steve would come in. And Steve was a cool dude, you know. He was all right. Um, Steve would come in. Price, I love you, man. I love you, buddy. I've missed you. I've missed you. <laughs> Um, every Sunday, our Steve would walk in here into this bar. And Steve would come in, he'd sit down, and he'd buy us all around, you know, good guy. But one thing I remember about Steve was Steve was a Christian. And I knew that because I was a CEO. I think you taught me that term. I was Christmas, Christmas and Easter only. So I was a CEO. So every, every Christmas and Easter, I saw Steve at church. But I knew that Steve still went to church because I actually knew Steve's family. And so I saw him there every Sunday night, buying us around, having his drinks. And I remember sitting there looking at Steve, and I thought, if your Jesus looks like me and sounds like me, what reason would I have to come to your church? I'll just wait for your Jesus to come back here next Sunday and buy me another round. Right? We can't play with the things of heaven like, like it's a game, like it's a toy. We are of God. We're sanctified. We're called to higher standards, right? We're set apart, amen? We need to walk worthier than what we're walking right now. One of the reasons I believe that non-believers have a problem believing believers is because they don't believe that believers actually believe. Steve, it didn't balance out. It didn't weigh out to me. What you were speaking and what you're doing didn't weigh out. wasn't worthy. wasn't worthy to me. 
They will read your life before they re ever read the Bible. You want to preach? If you want to preach, your life will be the greatest sermon that you ever preach. So preach. Preach. You never know who's looking at you. The world is filled with people that will look at us and determine for themselves whether God is real or not based on the encounter they have with us. You got to live the gospel and not just profess it. You never know who might be watching you, so walk worthy. You never know who might be listening, so walk worthy. You never know who's reading your post, so walk worthy, child of God. Walk worthy. All you do and all you do, walk worthy. Paul said, I beseech you, I beg you, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Our callings, our calling isn't one specific job we're supposed to have or like a list of accomplishments or a career milestone to just check off before we die. That's not your calling. Your calling is a combination of gifts, passions, and a life mission that God has given us to steward for his glory. Right? It's nothing that you earn. Built into your salvation package is your calling. And God wants to use us. He wants to use us to express to this world that there is a loving God that doesn't see social status, doesn't see poverty, doesn't see prosperity. And through his community of kids, he wants to express that he doesn't look at the outward appearance but sees their hearts. So we are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We should look forward to being his messy little helpers. That's what we are down here. Three things that you should know about your calling. First, your calling is way bigger than you. Your calling is bigger than you. As a matter of fact, your calling ain't even about you. That hurt my heart when I found that out because I love it when it's about me. I do. <laughs> but it's not even about us. Our calling is about all the people that he brings to us that we are actually meant to serve. That's what our calling is about, church. And when we procrastinate on taking action to fully step into our calling and live out our full potential, we keep those people that we're called to serve, we keep them waiting. Because we won't step into our calling. Whoever they are, they need your wisdom. They need your love. They need your guidance. They need your talent. They need your inspiration. That's why God sent them to you. That's why they're standing in front of you or in your circle. He sent them to you. Second thing you need to know about your calling is that your calling isn't singular. It's not singular. So living out God's calling for our lives, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination, right? Our calling is just a series of ways that we glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve people over the course of our lives. That's our callings. Like there's different roles of service. There's a different assignments for us to fulfill each season that is all part of his plan. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. Let him walk. We got women in here right now. I know a woman in here right now who's a daughter, who's a mother, who's a wife, who's a pastor, who's a lover, who's a friend, who's a grandmother, who's a sister, who's an aunt, who's a boss, who's an employee, 
who's a caretaker, an administrator, a cook, a babysitter, and she ain't even left the house yet. You can't wait. You can't wait to, to arrive at one calling to step into the next calling. He's calling you right where you are. I know all that because I live with Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's progressive, right? It's progressive, so you can't sit still in faith. Faith is just a long walk in the same direction. In the same direction. So we got to keep moving and we got to walk worthy. Amen? Third thing you should know about your calling is your calling isn't something, actually, your calling is now. That's, your calling is right now. It's not something that you fulfill one day, 10 years from now. Right? Your calling is now. When we think of our calling that way, as like, I got to strive for a job position, and then someday I'll finally be walking in my calling, then you don't realize that God has purpose for you to fulfill right where you are. You're missing what he's trying to do right there in that season. Your calling's right now. Whatever God's doing in your life today is just building blocks for what he wants to do tomorrow. So you have to walk in your calling right now. So I just want to share a couple ways with you real quick on how we can walk in our calling. First, we can walk, I'm sorry, how we can walk worthy. We can walk worthy by bearing good fruit in every good work. Bearing good fruit in every good work. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Last year, uh, we had a crazy snowstorm um, out west. Um, <laughs> y'all have, yeah, I got to say that because we got crazy, y'all, snow out here is ridiculous. <laughs> what was that, last weekend? Last weekend, I mean, it looked like Narnia over here, but I was out at Lorraine there was no snow. None of them believed what I was saying. So thank you, Pastor Mark, where you at, for sending me that picture. I was like, look, look, it's real. It's, it's happening. Like, you look crazy over here. But last year we had this crazy snowstorm, and um, the next day we had about five of our elders who called the church and asked if somebody could come shovel their driveway, shovel them out. And so Pastor Lou went on Slack, which is just kind of like our work uh, blast text to, to all of us, and said that he was going out to shovel these driveways and asked if anybody was willing to come help. And so I gave him a call. I was like, I want to help you, but I do have a snowblower. So, <laughs> um, so he came over, and we lifted the snowblower, put it in his truck, and somehow he ended up borrowing my snowblower and me. So we took off, and we went to Lorraine, and we shoveled these driveways. And we alternated, you know, I would use a snowblower once, he would shovel. Next, next driveway, I would shovel, he would use the snowblower until we got all of our elders' driveways done. Um, when we left there, he went to go take me home, and on the way... We were going down Tower Boulevard, and there was, and that's a main road, um, but there was a car that was kind of off on the side that was stuck in the snow. And so Pastor Lou pulled over, and he was like, come on, man, let's get it. And we got out, and we pushed this car, pushed it onto the street, and there's two, two young ladies in the car, and they were grateful, and so we got them on their way. While we were pushing this car, another car got stuck over there. He's like, come on, man, this is what we do. Come on. I was like, yeah. And so I went over there and helped him push that car. And this was a young guy in his 20s, and 
We got behind that car and we pushed that car out and got it out. Got back in the truck, drove a block down the truck. There was another car stuck. He pulls over. We got out. We helped this lady push her car. I'm not kidding you. We get back in the car. We drive down the road, probably about a half mile down. There was another car stuck. He looked over at me and I was like, I was all good worked out. <laughs> I was all good worked out. <laughs> but good works are anything done in faith for the good of other people and for the glory of God. Amen? We're called to build his kingdom up. Now, our works don't earn our salvation, right? Our good works are the result of our salvation. So we have to walk worthy and bear fruit. And that's done by, by serving our family, serving our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, strangers that are stuck in the snow. And it's all done with humility, love, and the gentleness of Jesus. Jesus was gentle, y'all. Jesus was gentle. When everybody else shunned the Samaritan woman, Jesus made a detour just to meet her at the well. He made a detour to meet her at the well. And when he got there, he offered her love. He offered her truth, compassion, redemption, acceptance. Everybody else around Jesus stepped over and told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet. But not Jesus. He shouted out, Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And it made him stop. And what did he do? He stopped and he offered him restoration, healing, and lifted him up. He was gentle. We are obligated, children of God, to bear the fruit of heaven in our lives. And not everybody's lovable. I already know that. Some people you just want to trip from behind. You guys used to do that in school? <laughs> I got a couple cousins I want to trade in right now for bags of rocks. But... But if the world around us doesn't see the gospel we proclaim, demonstrated, and walked out by genuine converted lives and authentic community, then how will they ever know the reality of Jesus? This is why we are chosen. This is why we're appointed by God to bear good fruit. Amen? Second point is uh, we can walk worthy by increasing in the knowledge of God. By increasing in the knowledge of God. And we do this by centering our entire lives, center your entire life on the all-sufficient, life-giving Word of God. That's how you walk worthy. It equips you. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The problem is that most of us, when we face a crisis, we end up, we often end up centering our life on our emotions and our thoughts right? We focus on the world instead of the word. And that result, the result of that is that we end up listening to voices of anxiety, fear, doubt, self. You can be mean to yourself. Your mind can be mean to you. 
You have to center your life on the Word of God. One author writes, A church's worship habits may occupy two hours of a Christian's week, but podcasts, radio shows, news, social media, streaming entertainment, and other forms of media account for upwards of 90 hours of their week. And media, the media that we consume is shaping us. That's what he said, that's what's shaping us. That's what's shaping us. We should be shaping it. You are a child of the most high God. You should be shaping it. The creator chose you. We need to recalibrate and rewire our minds and build a system that supports our spiritual growth. Amen? Prayer in the word is where it starts. And like the knowledge of God, it isn't some... Where'd my... You know, it's not some secret. This isn't some secret that, that only pastors know, right? It's your reading, your reading manual too. It's your reader's guide. You have to pick this up every day. You got to look in it. The knowledge that we accumulate should repair us and give us better direction in our lives. Whenever I start to malfunction at home, my wife just says, troubleshoot. You got to troubleshoot. Men, there's some men in here, you got to troubleshoot. Like, there's some men in here right now wondering, why must I be like that? Right? It's in the reader's manual. That went over the head, Pastor. There's <laughs> some women in here right now that's wondering why all I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. You got to troubleshoot. It's in your manual. Amen? Now more than ever, we need to be devoting ourselves to reading, worshiping, and studying the Word of God. Increasing and accumulating knowledge of who He is and who we are in Him. And be determined to walk worthy. This wasn't even part of my message, but the Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. I'm going to work this out in real time in front of you guys. He woke me up this morning at 5 a.m., and, uh, and he just said, unity. I told you it was 20 minutes right now. Uh, <laughs> he said, unity. And I was like, what in the world? Can I just go back to sleep? <laughs> but I knew what he meant because of the text that I was in. And he just said, unity. And, and I feel like that's our third point is, is that we need to walk in unity. We got to walk in unity, right? The verse three there says, endeavor, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, endeavoring. Like, do everything under your control. Endeavor. Like, go out of your way. Be diligent. Be urgent. Work hard to do everything you can under your control to keep the unity. We need to make sure that we're doing everything that depends on us. Pray like it depends on God, but do everything that you can like it depends on you. 
Make sure that we're doing our part to keep the unity of the Spirit. And in that text, notice it says, endeavoring to keep. Keep. The word keep there, it just tells me that that we didn't create the unity. Right? The unity, Holy Spirit did it through the Word. So the Holy Spirit created the unity. We are to keep the unity. And to keep the unity just means to guard the peace that the Holy Spirit already unified. He already did it. We just have to keep the peace. Every year in my house on Black Friday, Christmas vomits. That's when it happens. It's the day after Thanksgiving. This year, old Molly Maul here, Goodness, I, y'all, I be letting y'all into my life way too much. So, <laughs> so I procrastinated. I had procrastinated, and Pastor Michelle got up so excited to decorate for Christmas. And I actually had procrastinated on this. I was still working on my message. And I was like, I got to work on this message, babe. Like, I, I can't. I can't help you. And, and she, she's so sweet, you know. I got, I got the bestest wife that walks this ball of dirt. But she, she was so sweet about it, you know. And I was like, I can't help you. And I looked at her, and she's just, I said, God, he's not talking to me right now. He's not talking to me. I don't know why. I'm stuck. I can't do this. And I could see her looking at me, and she she said, she didn't say. She didn't say. But I could see her saying, God always talks. You just ain't listening. But she said, "You you should probably go worship and pray. And I was sitting there like, why are you saying that to me? I can see. I can read your thoughts. I can see it on you. you I, I see what you're saying. And so she had to thank, I thank God for our son because he was there to help her decorate for Christmas. And the house looks amazing. But I could feel the disappointment. I could feel the things were being shaken up in my house were being rattled. I could feel the stress. And even though I tried to, to hurry through everything, by the time I was done, like she had already finished everything. You know, it was already done. And I said at that moment, I said those two words that most of us have a problem saying. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I'm sorry, babe. You see, because it was my procrastination that had caused me to step outside of my calling as a husband. Right? And at that point, at that time, I was endeavoring. I was endeavoring to keep the unity in my family, in my, in my marriage. I am sorry. I'm sorry. You have to endeavor to keep the unity. We should be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. But you have to be unified with the Spirit in order to keep the unity. Your Spirit has to be aligned with the Holy Spirit. Because pride, pride can't share space with the Prince of Peace, right? And so wherever pride, error, and and fraction is, it destroys godly peace. And so I declare every day in my household, I declare that my house is a sanctuary of peace. And so whatever I needed to do, I was endeavoring to keep the peace. We can't allow the spirit of pride and division into the church. Amen? You have to endeavor to keep the unity. Coming to church should be like a fighter coming out of the ring going over into his corner. 
I don't come to my corner to fight. Right? I go to my corner to get patched up. I go to my corner to get healed. I go to my corner to get encouraged and told that I can go out and fight again and that I might win. That's why I'm over in my corner. The body of Christ needs to be like that corner. Okay, that's the corner that I go to when I'm crying because I I need you to help wipe my tears. When I'm celebrating, I want you on top of the mountain celebrating with me. I don't lose anything celebrating you. I celebrate you. We have to endeavor to keep the unity. We come to church to worship together, to praise God together. We come to fellowship together and to celebrate each other. Nothing witnesses better to the world than for them to see our unity. Like if you ever been out and you've been with your wife or your husband and you saw and your, your, your relationship is kind of funky, but you've seen another couple that's all happy and you're like, man, I wish I was, my relationship was like that. <laughs> that's how I want the world to be looking at the body of Christ. That's how they should be looking at us. What is going on with those people over there? Why are they so happy? I want to be at that table. When we left breakfast that morning over at, where were we? Cracker Barrel. Uh, we were paying, and somebody said, the lady comes over, she said, oh, you guys were at the, at the happy table. I was like, your table wasn't happy? I'm sorry. But that's how they should look at us. It's peace that binds us. It's the peace of the Spirit that binds us, a peace that surpasses understanding. Amen? And I'm not telling you that we need to try to manufacture peace. We don't need to manufacture peace. Paul and Silas agreed to disagree. They separated, and God still made something beautiful out of that. We don't need to manufacture it. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? We don't need to walk together. I'm, if, 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 I'm sorry, if, if, there's, if there's error and fraction in your fellowship, don't try to manufacture it. Let God deal with that. Amen? I think I'm off my soapbox. That's all he gave me this morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Let's uh, stay with me as we close. (laughs) Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. church this week check your posture check your posture and be a heavy Christian amen don't allow circumstances or whatever's going on on your day to easily move you remember God's undeserved mercy to remain, I'm sorry, to remain steadfast in joy. Remember his mercy. Remember that Jesus is at the right hand praying for you. Be grateful. Walk in gratefulness this week. Walk worthy with Jesus. Fully expressing to him in every way you want to represent heaven well. Represent heaven in all that you do and be passionate about displaying and sharing the gifts that the Lord has blessed you with. Take action and step into your calling this week. Wherever he puts you, wherever you at, you were called to be there. Whether it's at home, whether it's at work, it's at school. He sent you. Step into your call. 
Take advantage of every opportunity to bear fruit and display authentic community with somebody. Build a system that supports your spiritual growth and walk worthy. We got to start living eternally. Amen. We got like live situation like in every situation. Focus on eternity. There's so many people that are walking around right now that don't understand that this world was designed for your destruction. in the spirit. You have to walk in the spirit. The enemy is coming after you I mean hard. He doesn't care what is going on in your life. He don't care how young your children are. He doesn't care about your marriage. He is coming after your life to kill, steal, and destroy. You have got to walk worthy in the spirit of God. guys have been in here walking with the Lord for a long time. Some of you may have even never asked if you can hold his hand and walk with him. I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. We never want to leave here without asking Jesus into our heart. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Transform me. Make me new. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me. Make me new. I declare from this day on, first time you ever said that, we want to welcome you with open arms into the family of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, for choosing us. We thank you, Jesus, for the work on the cross, for redeeming us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for sealing us and for keeping us. I pray, Father, that this week you would help us break through our limitations. That you would help us step into our callings, God. I pray, Father, that we would bear fruit in every good work, God, and that we would increase in our knowledge. I declare courage and victory over you today, church. I declare that Father's hand is resting on you right now. I declare hope and healing to everyone under the sound of my voice. And if you need healing in your physical body, I declare that the virtue of heaven is running through your veins right now. The cancer cells are dissolving right now in the name of Jesus. You're gaining strength in your muscles, in your bones right now. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We just want to walk worthy for you. We just want to know you. We set our gaze on you, Jesus. You have no rivals. You have no equals in our life. We place you on the throne of our hearts this week. We love you and we bless you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to have some of our pastors and altar ministers come up here. We would love to pray with you. If you need prayer, if you need healing, 
need a word from God, if you need, just need to touch and agree, we want to do that right now. I want to thank all of you guys for coming. I hope to see all of your beautiful faces next week. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We love you.